2: building it's hour number
3: two this morning monday edition march madness edition of ramon kayla and will and it's powered by all four seasons garage doors from ramon to ret mode the executive producer of Titans Radio, Rhett Bryan, filling in for Amon Foster with a very well-deserved day off. The Indianapolis Colts. That's right. Today, yesterday, tomorrow, and every day. Kayla Anderson, Jonathan Schaefer, I'm Will Bowling.
2: His name is Will Bowling!
3: I must say, while we play my intro, Kayla... At the SEC tournament, Kayla Anderson's new intro was the talk of the town. What? Oh, yeah. Lots of compliments for Kayla's new intro. Oh. That I heard wow. on uh, Friday and Saturday. Kayla!
2: <laughs> yes, sir, she is the bee's knees. Kayla! And she comes your favorite team.
3: Six one five seven three seven one zero four five. Good energy to start the week here oh, yeah. on Ramon, Kayla and Will. Uh, one issue I did have of uh, of crowd reaction at the SEC tournament, though. Uh-oh. I was just telling you all this the other day. Alabama fans booed Ron Slay over the weekend. Yeah, what? What in the world? Do they know who this man is? Throwing like throwing bowls to Red on. Panda. Look, if, if, uh, I say it all the time. If you're not on Ron Slay's side, you are not on the right side of history. Well, those weren't even the worst Alabama fans if you looked at social no, media and some well, of the t-shirts weren't. that were being worn yeah. right? by at yeah. least a
0: few individuals.
4: Saw that too. Not great. Mm-hmm. Tasteless.
3: I Honestly, I, I should have done a count of how many Alabama football jerseys I saw in Bridgestone Arena over the weekend. I even saw a Georgia football jersey. Uh, why, really? Why are Georgia fans even buying SEC tournament tickets? Yeah,
4: for those people doing Ron <laughs> They Slade, just want to be a part it. of it. They they want to show up in a football jersey, and right? do a couple of laps because they're back to back national championships. I got a Stetson and
3: jersey. <laughs> yeah,
4: take a look at this, boy.
3: Boy, I saw a got guy some with
4: rings.
3: There was a guy with an embroidered Lad McConkey jersey that had a national championship patch on his jersey. Oh, By the wow. way. Lad McConkey sounds like an SNL character of a football player, like of a private school slot receiver. Like they, you can't make up some of these names.
4: Wow. Anyway,
5: they've got some good. It's like at the that. end of that East-West <laughs> yeah. All-Star
4: Game bit that's so popular. Lad McConkey, Georgia.
3: <laughs>
5: right.
4: <laughs>
5: they just couldn't. They couldn't come to terms with the fact that they weren't a part of this SEC tournament like they wanted to be, and. Alabama was well and
4: I feel like this is a problem socially with people going to sporting events and I'm glad to see that it's that it's bled over into other areas because I hadn't really thought about that but I mean you go to a Titans game and you're like the guy shows up in a Brett Favre Vikings jersey he didn't even have a Mm -hmm. Brett Favre I'm like we're not playing the Vikings or the Green Bay Packers I got an NFL jersey. I'll just wear it. <laughs> yeah, <the> Titans game. <laughs> My pet peeve. It's like I don't they, want that. they want attention.
5: They want somebody do. to ask them.
4: Like anybody who has a Titans jersey of any kind, I have zero problem. If you know. You see a throwback Eddie and a throwback Frank Wycheck or a Javon or a Steve McNair. And even somebody who is like their favorite player in a window of time that we a lot of people have forgotten about. Whatever. At least you're wearing the right stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm going to wear a T.J. Hushmanzada <laughs> <Zotta> jersey. <laughs> what? It's We're like not the, playing the Bengals. It's like the what? Titans of
3: the 49ers and you see somebody wearing a, a Deshaun Watson Texans jersey. It's like, oh, perfect.
4: Cool. So, it's the same kind of thing. It's like, what are we doing? Right. Oh, this is sports ball. I'll just wear something. I got a jersey my grandkids give me.
3: So I play this game with my uh, with my friends I go to games with all the time, uh, Titans games or Preds games, where we'll pick the most old school Titans or, or whatever our team's jersey is in that day, whatever game we're at. Okay. Pick the best throwback jersey and the, the leader in the clubhouse, Rhett, that you will appreciate mm-hmm. that we once saw somebody have going into a Titans game. <laughs> a guy had a white away Craig Hendrick jersey wow. at a Titans game over the past two years. Wow. Grinder. That's big time. That's pretty good. <laughs> that guy is a grinder football fan. Uh, absolutely is <laughs> Yeah I'm impressed I feel like I've seen an Al Del Greco jersey even as well Which is just another level But that is a game we play of like what, Which original season ticket holder can we spot and we just in our group text it's like oh we got a uh, i got a light
4: blue Vince Young over here in section 3 whatever or, or the red Vince Young oh or the God. red Javon Kerrs like they're going to wear these at uh-huh. christmas oh no, the red jerseys ever we're going to wear There's these. always one or two I love the red jerseys There's always one or two and I do look but it, it, they're, yeah. all, they're going to wear them at christmas I uh, remember that Shh. I know Will's a feat that joined, no. doesn't like the red jerseys I, hate I the red love jerseys. the red jerseys I hate the red jerseys all right twitter poll coming up <laughs> hey <laughs> You know what's coming, though. Oilers throwbacks. We
3: know. That's when do we what think the, uh, the Houston Texans are coming to Nashville again.
4: <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, ooh, uh, I'm for double ooh. downing on violence there and going oh. to Houston, and hopefully it's a prime time game, and mm-hmm. they roll out of the tunnel with those.
5: <laughs> I say let's. I do would that.
4: love it, but I think there'll be uh, supposed to be a reveal of that uh, later on in the summer. Oh, I can't wait.
5: We got so much. And then we got to wait for who the London opponent is.
4: And that'll be, we should know that. I don't know if we'll know it before the regular season schedule comes out or not. Uh, typically, I think those things come out a little before that, but yeah. not a ton.
3: If I remember correctly, the the first game of the new league year comes out, what, the night before the regular schedule release, or even like noon on the day where it comes out at you're 6 right. p.m. Yep. It's like, this is a Thursday night football yep. season right. kickoff. The yeah, like, Dallas
4: Cowboys exactly. host yep. the Washington Commanders. It's I was going to say, so who are the Cowboys
3: playing this year? Um, <laughs> In and then, a
4: world uh, where the Cowboys...
3: No. <laughs> <laughs> before that, it's. I feel like it's the night before. Like 24 hours on the dot before the rest of the schedule comes out. I, they seem, to out think, the international. I seem to think yep. you're right, yeah. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: In uh, Tottenham Altspur Stadium. Yeah for the uh, Tennessee Titans. Come I'm looking on. forward to that. They I hear that building is amazing and the only one that's made for NFL football. football. They
3: have a cheese room. Oh, well, I'm already could, in love. That could get me
5: in trouble. <laughs> I mean, I'm
3: already in love. There is a cheese room in Tottenham Hotspur
4: Stadium. Okay. True story. So I what I does mind.
5: that mean? Like you can just go and they have Whatever every you want it cheese to there is? <laughs>
4: Baxter ate the whole wheel <laughs> of cheese. <laughs> of I'm cheese. not even angry. Yeah.
5: In Nevada, I'm Can you pair it with like wine and all that? I probably.
4: I mean, seriously, there's like you walk in and just I would like some of that brie yeah. there. You I'm got like, a big yeah, bag. Yeah, Here's well, some smoked greer. Have it. Soccer, soccer players do whine about a lot of things compared to
3: American football players. Go. So self burn. Um, and then uh, that was the original stadium that had the uh, the draft beer that came up from the bottom of the yep. cup. As well, where you like put the magnet in the cup mm-hmm. and it just like fills literally up. So,
5: because the Niners have that at their stadium,
4: right?
3: Princeton Arena has that. First place oh, I they? ever no, saw
4: it you know was that? uh, at, in Orchard Park, New York, Buffalo Bills, several years ago. Uh, they drink beer up to okay, I'm totally kidding. But yeah. I mean, with the whole magnet deal and the <laughs> <laughs> fill from the bottom, there. yeah, <laughs> I, I was the first place I ever saw that. We were loading in equipment, and it that stadium's old, you have to take it through the concourse. I'm like what is that? I'm like, oh. <laughs> so 104 <that's> different.
3: <laughs> 104.5. This on TV on YouTube. Kevin writing into the show saying, "Unfortunately, a Spurs fan here. That is unfortunate." Jonathan Schaefer shares in your misery. Mm. Says they backed out of the cheese room last minute, but the oh. stadium has the longest end-to-end bar in Europe.
5: Okay. The more you know.
3: So they backed a, out
5: of the cheese room. There's
3: like a bar that is the width of the field. That is an entire bar. Okay, that's so, crazy.
4: Works out and fun. Sounds like someone likes beverages. That's right. Mm
3: -hmm. Uh, Well, uh, we're gonna get with Brian Rice uh, coming up here in about twenty or not twenty minutes. That's about five minutes. Again, I am stuck in a time loop with the uh, the time change. Are uh, you okay? Are you gonna make it? I am okay. I am fine. You gonna make it through the show? He needs to crack another Celsius. (laughs) 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 Uh, Number four seed Tennessee will face number thirteen Louisiana Thursday. I literally think what happened was I read the fact that nine forty p.m. Eastern. 8:40 Central, Whoa. and I'm thinking about how little sleep I'm going to get Thursday night after Tennessee breaks mm. my heart on Thursday night. Mm. We're going to reverse jinx that uh, in the NCAA tournament's East Region, uh, number five Duke, number twelve Oral Roberts. That one uh, tipping at 6:10. Tennessee's first night game since 2010. They are between the two seeds that have given them the most trouble under Rick Barnes. They've been a three seed twice. Last year, they lost in the second round uh, to Michigan. Before that, uh, they were a five seed, losing to Oregon State in the first round. And uh, in 2018, they were a three seed, and they lost to Loyola Chicago in the second round. So four seed, maybe that's the problem. You can't be an odd number, mm. an even number this time. Speaking into existence. Let's but go. We'll talk with Brian Rice about that coming up next. What worries him out of Tennessee's loss to Missouri? His initial reaction to Tennessee's draw where the analytics... Actually, like Tennessee's draw compared to a lot of the other four seeds, we'll discuss that coming up next with Brian Rice on Ramon, Kayla, and Will. One zero four five, the zone. Bacon and a lick, my backside.
4: searching hvac near
0: here
1: right here ma'am how can we help
0: wow nobody local huh
1: wait what we are an
0: hvac company literally in your neighborhood why is she not seeing us just all the big
4: chains well it is what it is
0: what in the can you not see See us? us nope they can't see you because you're buried deep in the list of local hvac providers you are invisible online Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at cumulusboost.com. Monday
3: morning edition of Ramon, Kayla, and Will, and it's powered by all Four Seasons Garage Doors. Alongside Rhett Bryan filling in for Ramon Foster this morning, Kayla Anderson, I'm Will Bowling as we go. To the Marks Payne Real Estate Hotline, we check in with our good friend Brian Rice, talking Tennessee Hoops SEC Tournament, here with our friend from the Sports Animal in Knoxville. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Brian, are you there?
0: I got you now. There
3: right. he is. Uh, well, Brian, well, the soapbox that we've, uh, we've started to stand on this morning is that Alabama fans have reached a new low because many of them were booing Ron Slay as he was throwing the bowls to Red Panda uh, in Nashville over the weekend. Is this a new low for the Alabama fan base?
0: Uh, I think the T-shirts really said it, but, yeah, you don't boo anybody <laughs> doing anything with, uh, with Red Panda. Um, he is filling a role that is uh, much coveted and much revered.
3: That's right the right answer for Brian Rice, also <laughs> always on the right side of history. Uh, uh, Brian, what was your initial reaction to uh, Tennessee's draw last night in the selection show?
0: Uh, Louisiana is a tough opponent. They have uh, a player who's made a couple of previous stops, uh, was originally an Eric Musselman recruit. Uh, that's, it's a tough matchup for Tennessee, but you know what? You put yourself in a situation to be in a tough matchup uh, with how you finish the season. Went from being projected to be a one seed to being a four seed. Um, but there's still possibility. Uh, if you make it past Louisiana in the first round, which they should, um, then you have Duke. Um, should they make it past the first round? I think that's a fun second day, uh, second we, uh, day of the weekend matchup uh, for both fan bases. Duke trying to climb out of a, a poor start, Tennessee trying to get back on track after a slow finish. But uh, I, I like it from an entertainment standpoint. Uh, from a want Tennessee to go as far as they can in the tournament standpoint, uh, it's it, it's a rough one. And then, uh, you know, your Sweet 16 matchup would be no walk in the park. So it's a tough draw for Tennessee, but one that they are certainly up to the task when you look at what they've done this year.
3: They certainly are. An interesting, a lot of interesting matchups, too, for SEC teams, and specifically Texas A&M, who could get Texas in the second round. Um, you've got Kentucky that's seated with you there in the East region. Just what, what, did you make of the way the committee handled sec basketball as a whole this time around?
0: You know, I was very surprised at how undervalued Texas A&M ended up being. Um, that's, that's a really good basketball team. And I, I think you should reward teams that get better as the year goes on rather than, punishing them for how they performed in non-conference play. Now there, there's two standards for that. You can't, um, despite how great their run was late in the year, you can't put Vanderbilt in when their RPI and their NETS 80, that, that, that can't happen. But, um, you know, with Texas A&M, they're the second best team in the SEC all year. So if you're saying that the SEC is truly a league that deserves eight bids, then how is the second best team in it that low of a seat? I had a problem with that. Everybody else, I feel like was seated properly uh, based on what they've done. Look, there's been a lot of inconsistency, not just in the SEC, but around college basketball. I think the committee had as difficult of a job this time as any we've seen in recent memory just because of, I mean, you can make the same inconsistency argument for just about every team in the field.
5: I thought it was interesting because the committee was talking after the selection show yesterday and saying that, you know, sometimes when they look at these teams that have injuries at the end of the season, they do kind of take that into consideration. And with that being said, you know, no Zakai Ziegler for the Tennessee Volunteers. However, still a a pretty good seed at the four seed. Did you feel like that was the correct seed? I know Seth Davis came out and said, you know, he felt like they were overseeded.
0: I think they're a three or a four. I look. I understand what they're saying about factoring in injuries, and I I think if you're a program that has one superstar player and that superstar player is not a part of your team and you're a bubble team, I understand you getting left out or getting put down a seat. Otherwise, I don't like it because is the Kaia Ziegler extremely important to this Tennessee team? Of course he is. Can this team win without him? They've shown that they can. Uh, Beat Arkansas without him. Um, I just – I don't like conceptually punishing entire teams because one player got hurt late in the season. I don't think that's fair to everything else that everybody in that team accomplished. Again, if it's your one superstar, I understand a little more. Um, But when it's a true cast of characters like this Tennessee team is, I just – I don't think that's fair to the other guys that have made this thing run all year. Tennessee's been able to win games all season long with Josiah Jordan. James in and out of the lineup. Julian Phillips in and out of the lineup. I I just, I understand it, but I don't like it. I don't think it's fair to the other guys.
5: So some people will say, you know, momentum when you're in a conference tournament is a good thing for some of these teams um, trying to gain that. But at the same time, it's never a bad thing to have some rest, especially, you know, this Tennessee team that guys, I even think um, Josiah Jordan James, you know, wants to be as healthy as he can be going into this tournament probably a good thing maybe that they they were bounced a little bit early
0: yeah i mean i don't i, I liked that they had to play the extra game against uh old miss to try to get a little bit of momentum without the we're trying to figure out life without him. um but yeah ultimately you're you're done on friday it makes people upset but they were back with their feet up uh, and getting in, rest and in the cold tubs getting healthier and and all of those things on Saturday and Sunday, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing for this team to get a win without Zakai, take a loss, get back, regroup, get healthy, and go make a run at it because your next loss is your last one. So do everything you can from this point forward to get that next win, those next two, three, four wins, uh, because that's all that matters this time of year. Uh, The conference tournament is a fun event to be a part of. Obviously, Nashville always does a fantastic job with it. Uh, But ultimately, it doesn't mean anything except to the team who wins it.
4: Brian, I feel like, and I may be picking one thing more than anything else, and I know it's a culmination of things as to why the, the Vols are doing what they're doing lately, but the thing that bothers me is the turnovers. 28 of those in the last two games, including the win over Ole Miss and then, the, the drop they had to, to Missouri on Friday. Am I reading too much into that? But it seems like there's a lot of, uh, of t- teams converting points off of all these turnovers.
0: No, and that's that's the biggest problem is you are just turning the ball over, but you're turning the ball over in a catastrophic way that leads to a fast break and easy two points. You know, turnovers as a whole aren't always the worst thing because sometimes you're trying to make a play, sometimes you, know, you draw on a charge, things like that. But Tennessee is truly making the killer turnovers that are instant points on the other end. They can't have that happen. I think that's where you miss Sakai Ziegler. You miss his ball-handling ability. Yeah, Tennessee has a lineup that can overcome that. You're not completely without a guy who can bring the ball up the court, but you are without the guy that makes the smartest pass the smartest first pass and, and gets the offense going. And uh, so you're seeing your guards turn it over, and it's instant points. You're seeing teams kind of focus on that. Now, hey, if we get a loose ball, everybody starts sprinting because we're going to turn it into an easy two, because that's the easiest way to score on this defense. When you have a team defensive efficiency like Tennessee, teams are game planning to fast break anytime there's a loose ball. And if they give up a basket because of it, they give up a basket because of it. But it's the easiest way to score on a defense like Tennessee's so they're A, focusing on it, and Tennessee's B, helping them by making bad passes.
4: Brian, all right, so we've highlighted the turnovers. We've talked about them learning to play in life after Zakai Siegler with the you know injury there that put him out. What are some of the other ingredients that they've got to get right to keep advancing in this thing?
0: Well, I, I hate to say this because it's the thing that's least in their control, but you have to make shots. Uh, your guards have to make shots. Your inside players can't miss bunnies. They have to shoot a high percentage to win games the rest of the way. That's that's all there is to it. You have a defense that's elite that is going to grind it out in the NCAA tournament, and that's a winning formula most of the time. The problem that we've had with Tennessee is even in some of these ugly games, they haven't been able to make shots. That's what's made them ugly for Tennessee. They've got to make shots, whether it's Vescovy getting hot, finding the right place for Josiah to shoot, finding the right – uh, entry passes for Olivier Kamwaite, whatever they have to do to money ball their way to 70 or 75 points, they've got to figure out how to do it and they've got to execute it because that's how you're going to win in March. We know they're going to defend well, but you have to make shots, and that's obviously a lot easier said than done.
3: Brian Rice, our guest this morning on Ramon, Kayla, and Will. Uh, Brian, an interesting stat um, uh, on Tennessee's Josiah Jordan-James. When he returned from injury and played at least 20 minutes, uh, Tennessee was 7-0 and this year when he scored more than 10 points, 1-5 when he scored 10 or fewer. Uh, does it feel like he is the biggest X factor as far as just one player specifically who Tennessee has to have play well?
0: Yeah, because I think he epitomizes what I was talking about. He either is money or he's hitting nothing. And when he's hitting nothing, then you're missing a spot on the court. And I think that's, that's the thing. When he's not been on the, on the court, you've been able to kind of manufacture points in his place. You haven't been able to manufacture the defense quite as well without it. Well, if he, he's out there as a great defender that's not making shots, then you've given up something on the offensive end to gain something on the defensive end. And there's something to be said for that. But you've got to get points for production from him, um, and whether that's finding him the right spot, he's great in the corner. How do you get him open in the corner? How do you get him the ball in situations that he can succeed? And I think that may be the key to how well uh, they're and how long they're able to go into this tournament is how well jo- Josiah Jordan James plays.
3: So, Brian, what would make Tennessee fans you feel like uh, happy with the way this season ends? Because uh, with the other second-round exit again last year, with just the one Sweet 16 under Rick Barnes, what is the fair expectation now for this fall's team? Now that we know what the draw is,
0: I think it's still second weekend. You know, it, you're the four seed. That means you should be in the second weekend. That's that's what the committee is saying about your record. That's what the committee is saying about your team. Um, now you're going to have a tough game in the second round, but you should be in the second weekend. Hey, and look, I I'm a big Rick Barnes fan, but when you pay somebody the way that you pay ten, uh, you, Tennessee pays Rick Barnes, he should. The expectation should be second weekend every year. There are obviously reasons why you don't always get there, but that should be the expectation. Um, will that make every fan happy? No, of course not. Because when you when you take the, you can say Sweet Sixteen's the expectation, but if you lose in the Sweet Sixteen, people are still going to be mad. That's that's how fandom works, but. I think a fair expectation is the second weekend, and if they aren't in the second weekend, then I think it's it's fair and and acceptable for everybody to be disappointed with that. But let's wait and be disappointed when that happens, not go through this week of pessimism that, well, they're not going to make it past the second round anyway. I, I I don't think that's a fun way to fan either.
5: On the women's side, Brian, the Lady Vols also getting the four seed in the NCAA tournament. So they'll take on St. Louis in Knoxville. They have four. It's really weird how they're doing this this year. They've got like the Greenville uh, first and second region and then the Seattle third and fourth region. But then obviously they get to play in their home cities, the higher seed. What do you think about this matchup and how far do you feel like these Lady Vols can take it?
0: You know, this is this was probably the best bracket they could have asked for. And I really, I have to give it to the committee for actually acknowledging what NFC did during the regular season. Number one strength of schedule all year, um, playing no bad losses. Every loss to an NCAA tournament team. Um, they've played all four number one seeds, and I believe three of the four number two seeds wow. was, was the final stat. Um, and so you rewarded them for what they did. The the win over LSU in the SEC tournament mattered. It got them over that hump to be a four seed and host rather than a five seed on the road. They, much like the men, have a tough second round game. Uh, Iowa State has one of the best players in the country, um, and of course you you have to get through St. Louis, who's been hot at the right time, and uh, is a first round matchup after winning their conference tournament with a 500 record. But uh, I, I think this is a great draw for Tennessee get past Iowa State in the second round, and it's a rematch in the Sweet 16 with a Virginia Tech team that Tennessee feels like it should have beaten here in Knoxville earlier this season. Um, UConn's in this uh, bracket as well. And and overall, I like what the women's tournament has done, going to two regionals, trying to make it a big, big event in Greenville, South Carolina, and then out in Seattle where Tennessee would be. I think that's a really smart move. You can make it a huge event in both of those places. And pack those arenas like uh, like these players uh, deserve.
4: You mentioned their strength of schedule. Is is it of your opinion that the four seeds right for them, or should they have gotten a little higher seed?
0: I think the four seeds right because ultimately you didn't win a lot of those games, and, and that's that's a fair part of the resume too. I would I, I didn't want Tennessee to get a five seed because the committee has really put an emphasis over the last few years on scheduling tough, and so Tennessee did that. To then turn around and punish them for it uh, I, with not getting a four seed with how they played in conference play, how they played down the stretch, I, I think would have been uh, wrong based on the, the metrics that they threw out last year. So I like it. Um, and, and, you know, if they had won one or two more of those big games, then you're talking a two or a three seed. And I think that's a carrot that you dangle in front of your team next year going, look, we were this close to being even better. So let's go and take care of business in this tournament, and then let's remember this next year. But uh, I think the four seed is exactly right for what the resume says.
3: Brian, pretty cool to see uh, uh, Bill Martin at the University of Tennessee tweet over the weekend that the Vols are the only program in college sports uh, in mm-hmm. Division One to have a New Year's Six Bowl and two top four seeds, one in on the women's side and one on the men's side. Uh, really, more than anything, just a... a a credit to Danny White, credit to what Tennessee has right now, the only team in uh, men's and women's college basketball and football to achieve a, a pretty high standard there.
0: Yeah, it's really incredible what they've been able to accomplish over this past year. And by the way, a top-five ranked team in baseball and softball right yep. now as well. Yeah, uh, though, It's it's a total top-to-bottom, just had a great finish uh, at the NCAA Indoor Track and Field Championships for both the men and the women. Um, I, I, this is a, and I was swimming and diving, I mean – all of the sports at Tennessee are achieving at a high level, and yeah, that's a testament to Danny. It's a testament to what was what was built here when he took over. You know, it was a lot easier for him to focus on fixing football when so many of the other sports were in a really good place, and he and his staff have given them the resources and the attention to continue building on what they had, uh, and it's, uh, it's a really positive uh, thing for Tennessee fans in every sport. You can feel a lot of pride top to bottom, but... You also feel a lot of pride in the three sports that get the most attention, and I think that's a positive. There's no negatives going on right now on campus, and for somebody who's been through the last 15 years, uh, both inside the program and covering it, that is a really, really good feeling.
3: Yeah, when the only negative is lack of parking, Uh, that is a great thing for sure at the (laughs) University of Tennessee. Uh, And I didn't even even pay Brian for the indoor track uh, Tennessee shout-out. Look at
5: that.
0: Knows his audience. Yeah. Sure. Well, you know, I, I, I remember where uh, where that varsity letter came from, so I, I, I got you on that. Hey, I just uh, a quick plug. We are having uh, Tamari Key for her first interview nice. uh, since her blood clot issues, yeah. and uh, Rakia Jackson will join her as well, uh, thanks to the Laval Booster Club this morning on our show. They'll join us at uh, 11 Eastern, uh, 10 Central. So I don't want to steal your uh, listeners away, but uh, a cool opportunity to have those two on together uh, to talk about their journeys this year and the NCAA Tournament. Cool.
3: Very cool. Nice. Well, uh, that, that's when the show after us, the Buck yeah. Rising Show, starts. So uh, tune in to the Eric Gaines <laughs> Show. Wow. <laughs> and uh, enjoy it. I'm, I'm halfway kidding. Mostly serious. Uh, Brian Rice, our guest this morning on our own Will. Will. Uh, Brian, thanks for the time as always, man.
0: Thanks, y'all. Good to see- hear from y'all.
3: Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> love that. Yeah, that's a, that's a great interview that's to get. That's big. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so there's a crazy coincidence with Tennessee's draw in the NCAA tournament uh, that we'll uh, will highlight coming up next, and it involves the man with the headband in Ron Slay, and the last time uh, he was playing a certain team in the NCAA tournament. That's next on Armon, Kayla, and Will one zero four five the zone. <laughs>
1: Let's see, something different for dinner. Searching restaurants near me. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Gee, same old, same old. Wait,
4: we're we're right here. Ma'am, our restaurant's just a few blocks from you. Why is she not seeing
0: us?
3: Back to the usual, I guess. Ma'am, can you not see us?
0: Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local restaurants. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at cumulusboost.com. Watch the madness tip off with 104.5 The Zone Thursday, and also Friday, party foul on Thursday in Murfreesboro and the party foul in Cool Springs on Friday, that's 10 a.m. with the Buck Rising Show. Listen all week for your chance to win a reserve table and a $50 party foul gift card to join us. For more info, visit 1045thezone.com. It's
3: Ramon, Kayla and Will, powered by all four seasons garage doors on 104.5 The Zone with Rhett Bryan and Kayla Anderson. I'm Will Bowling. Coming up, potential landing spots for free agents as free agency begins a crazy week. Ready for us uh, the rest of the week with Rhett Bryan. Good week to have Rhett with us mm-hmm. for Ramon to take his spring break. We're always glad to have Ramon, but we're oh. glad to have Rhett Bryan,
4: too. A lot of counties on spring break this week. That is yep. right. That is absolutely That's why right. they're at the airport, because it's the busiest travel yeah, month of the year. Yeah, that's there right. There we go. Because of spring break. That that's makes right. sense. Mm-hmm we were wondering why news, why this news folks they out they at the, the airport, airport all the time. That's why it is today. Why is Buck just uh,
3: shaming people with uh, suitcases on his Twitter account as well? Uh, because that's a great people. question.
4: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, to your point, we're just a little over three hours away from the air quotes here legal tampering window opening up. Can't wait. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting just to see what else develops as that becomes a thing because. Some of these agents may wait until then to spring it to the Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter, Tom Pelliceros of the world. That's right. Josina Anderson, Diana Rossini, whoever. So, Uh,
3: Crazy stat from uh, Will Warren, does a great job covering Tennessee basketball, uh, pointed this out yesterday on Twitter. um, That first of all, this was Tennessee's first night game in the first round since 2010 which was the last time that Tennessee, the only time, by the way, that Tennessee went to the Elite Eight. I remember that season very, very well. Beat San Diego State in the first round, beat 14-seeded Ohio in the second round, beat Evan Turner in Ohio State on a last-second shot in the Sweet 16, and then lost to Michigan State, who was a 12-seed, I believe, that made the Final Four in uh, the Elite Eight that year. But... Tennessee also uh, went to the Sweet 16 the last time it was a four-seed in 2000. Shout out, Ron Slay, when the Vols played a 13-seeded Louisiana Lafayette. Mm. Same exact matchup as the last time Tennessee was a four-seed and they went to the Sweet 16 with Ron Slay on the team in 2000. I like where you're going. Let's do that. Let's please do that. I'll sign up for that, absolutely. Thank you, Ronald Sylvester Slay. (laughs) Absolutely so a little bit of a deja vu all over again uh for Tennessee fans interesting part of this uh from the Vegas perspective Tennessee a ten and a half point favorite over Louisiana Duke uh, who will get 12th seeded Oral Roberts that is a popular upset pick uh Duke only a six and a half point favorite over Oral Roberts who has I believe a seven four forward who can shoot the three that's a big boy uh, an Arkansas transfer seven four yeah. I believe that's right whoa. Big dude. Yeah. Very large human being.
5: And Duke isn't, this isn't the Duke that we have known for all these years. You know, even in the tournament, though, Duke's, they've been upset. Even with Coach K when he was there. Yeah. Like, that's a team that kind of was one of those teams that could get upset even if they had a higher seed. So, yeah, I could see this one being a, an interesting one.
4: I think it's a program that's still trying to figure out what they are post-Coach yeah. K. Yeah. Because he was there so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, an institution. I mean, it, you know, uh, North Carolina went through the Not same thing with, you know, with Dean Smith. I mean, I feel like storied programs yeah. go through that. The last time Tennessee was matched up in the same region with Duke, also, it was 2013,
3: and Duke got upset by Mercer in the first round. Not when Ron Mercer. Tennessee would beat Mercer and then lose on a bad charge call. Yes, oh. I'm still bitter to Jarnell Stokes in 2013 with Conzo uh, Martin. Mm, hold a grudge much? It's taking it Very back. much so. Okay, cool. Yeah,
4: perfect. <laughs> Ten years <laughs> worth. Okay, good. Thanks.
3: 615-737-1045, our number. We go back to the phones where Paul is in Franklin calling in with us this morning. Good morning, Paul.
2: Hey, good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Great. Good. As, as the late, great Charlie Daniel said, it's great to be alive and being in Tennessee. That's Look, right. I want to get to the men's basketball program right quick. I'm a little bit. You know, upset about how the season went. Uh, even with the loss of Ziegler, which which hurts tremendously, our offensive uh, play has just been inept the last couple of months, even before Ziegler got hurt. I believe that's going to hurt us uh, in, in, in the tournament. I, I do. I, I, I think we were a Final Four team at the beginning of the year. I just don't think we're going to go, go past a, a couple of games. And, and, and I'm sorry to say that. I, I just have this feeling because of our offensive ineptness. But I want to make a comment. My comment was about the gentleman about the state of of, uh, athletics at the University of Tennessee. Look, uh, I have to say, and you would be hard pressed to find another program in the country that could match Tennessee right now across the board in every sport. uh, uh, The late, great um, um, minister of defense said that, that, uh, that, uh, football is the straw that stirs the drink in Knoxville. The great Reggie White said that. And that's not always going to be that way. But if you look across the board at every major sport, and even the, the, the underlying sports, Tennessee is top right now. It's a great place uh, to be a student athlete. And not only that, just a student. Uh, that university is a wonderful place. Look, you're 30 minutes from Gatlinburg. You can get your buddies off on the weekends. Come on, man. Let's go to Gatlinburg, ride go karts, or whatever. You That's know, right. It's, it, it's a great environment, and the University of Tennessee is just, it, just a great
3: place to be. I know what my time's up. Hey, God, got y'all. We got you. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate the call. Was
5: that Danny White?
4: It was not. No, calls, it Paul. certainly was an infomercial <laughs> for the University of Tennessee. I'm here for it. I don't disagree for it with them. No, at all. The,
5: and they're right there, like he said, Paul. Um, just with so many sports having success, there's a lot of SEC programs, or you know, just schools that have so many teams right now. I mean, I hate to say this, but Alabama's right there.
1: They Will? Right They're
5: just right there.
4: Shave? Will. Shave? Are you ready, Will? Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, are you ready, I'm Will? I'm ready, okay. Red, are you ready? i tell you what. Am I ready for what?
3: <laughs> we didn't hear it Saturday at the SEC tournament, but we're hearing it right now, by God. Take the surprise out your voice. <laughs> <laughs> that's
4: right. You know, Paul said the, the scoring ineptness of the last couple of months, and that's part of it, but I really, I honestly, and Brian Rice, basically confirmed it for me when we had him on last segment. The turnovers, that is the killer. Oh yeah. God, it's a killer. Mm-hmm. I mean, the converted points off of those, they got to if they can ever cut down on that, they're going to be in ball games because of the defense they play as he as he outlined.
5: And I'll add to the the ineptness of the scoring, I just think it's just been inconsistent because you have had so many injuries to some key guys who are your scorers. Because Josiah Jordan James went through injuries, um, Phillips has gone through injuries. Now Zekai's gone. It's there's never been like consistency throughout the whole season in terms of that Having because everybody there's been on in their, and out, in yeah. and out. Yeah,
3: sure. I love the shout out by the way to uh, former Howard Hustlin' Tiger Reggie White as well. One of the best to ever do it. The Minister of Defense, Chattanooga, Tennessee's oh. finest. Absolutely. Uh, coming up next, halftime of the show already. On the Monday morning edition, uh, we begin NFL free agency today and we take a look at six different NFL free agents, two current Titans who might be moving elsewhere, uh, other guys who
4: might be in the mix for Tennessee, according to Pro Football Focus. And you know what? It's I just happened to think of this. Paul, the caller, mentioned Reggie White. It's the 30th anniversary of free agency, Mm. and the coveted free agent in 1993 was the Minister of Defense as he left the Philadelphia Eagles and was signed by the Green Bay Packers. That was a big-time move to help them get to what was eventually a world championship with Brett Favre and those guys. He was the free
0: agent 30 years ago.
3: We'll continue the NFL discussion coming up next with Simone, Kayla, and Will, 104.5 The Zone.